you know yourself deep down in your heart, man, if you should be doing what you're doing. And if you believe that, then all you got to know is that one day your time will come. At the same time, you have to do it for your reasons, not for the reason of getting recognition. If you do something just to get recognition, you're starting off on the wrong foot already. Do it because you love it and build it and they will come. I mean, that's a cliche, but it's true. And keep going, man. Keep going. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Today's episode, we're going to have some Elvis fun facts. We're going to talk about a few headlines. we got Juno transmits first intimate snapshots of Jupiter. NASA launches spacecraft to intercept asteroid. Deceased is the word. Fan says Sandy, Olivia Newton-John from Greece, was dead the whole time. That ought to be interesting. And scary huge snake escapes car and creates parking lot scare. Again, I'm Jared Easley, your host. And joining us today from the jungle room in Graceland, uh, there in Memphis, Tennessee, the lovely Memphis, Tennessee, Elvis Presley. Welcome, Elvis. Hey, man. How are you, man? Jared, it's great to have you talking to me, man. I've been looking forward to this for so long, man. Elvis, I want to just uh, take a moment and just, you know, let's just put some of these thoughts and some of these accusations to rest. There are some people that haven't heard from you in a while, and, and let's just catch them up to speed. Yeah, you know, man, I'm, I'm laying low now with the social media and uh, this website crazy stuff. Man, I, I, I back down from that. You know, I, I want to stay behind the scenes. I want to be recording. You know, several of the artists you may hear now in modern day music uh, I work with. and But, you know, I don't want to get on uh, the audio portion of things. I, I do the behind the scene things, man. I have so many questions about that. And we'll, we'll unpack some of those, I'm sure, Albert. But uh, <laughs> pardon me. I mean, Elvis, excuse me. And um, yeah, let's let's just uh, let's just do some Elvis fun facts. So we're going to start here and... Uh, some of these are, are a little bit morbid, so I, I hope you don't take offense. Man, I've been I've been uh, allegedly dead for uh, you know going on what forty years. <laughs> I mean, I heard it all, baby. So don't worry. <laughs> okay, all right. The the first one, uh, Elvis. I, I hope you can hang with this one. I, I think you're going to get this one. This is uh, in 1956. You sang about suede shoes. What color were the shoes? Well, I'll tell you a story about that. That we're we're going to originally do that fuchsia suede shoes, but. <laughs> there was a lot, there was a generation uh, that's switching over, you know, uh, coming out, so to speak, and had a lot of, a lot of uh, kickback from that. So we just went blue, baby. <laughs> went blue. The blue is the answer. So uh, one for one, Elvis. I like Thank that. You. Yes. And then you mentioned your alleged death, uh, which we have now disproven. What age were you apparently when you allegedly died? When I left uh, to go behind the curtain, so to speak, I was, I was 42 years old. That's right. 42. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. It's also you the know, size of my waistline. <laughs> it's just a fact nobody knows, man, you know. <laughs> What's your waistline now? <laughs> well, there's some things I like to uh, keep behind the curtain, if you know what I'm talking about. Elvis, I, some people haven't heard you sing a, a ditty in a while. Would you just bust out something real quick? Just something short and sweet. Sure, man. Um, here's one. Oh, I wish I was in the land of cotton. All times they are not forgotten. Look away, look away, look away, Jared Easley. Thank you. Man, that's good stuff, Elvis. Thank you. All right, Elvis, uh, some of these are again, really, really tough. Let's, let's try this one. Okay. A Boy Like Me, A Girl Like You featured in which film? That's a, a classic Elvis song, apparently. 
Why that, a boy like me and a girl a girl like you and, featured in which film? Other than my slender physique, the other thing that goes after the years is is your memory. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'd say I'm going to take a wild guess at that one. I'm going to say girl happy. Girl happy is close. It's girls, girls, girls. Well, I think so I, I, you know I'm going to check with the judges. The judges are going to take girl happy, but according to this internet site that I'm looking at. They're, they're in, misinformed and they're saying the wrong answer. And Jared, one more thing for you to know is that I'm still uh, girl happy. Oh, <laughs> right. TMI. Uh, let's, let's do this one. Uh, what is the name of your first number one hit song? A Heartbreak. No, Jailhouse Rock. Oh, Heartbreak Hotel. Well, I mean, you, you know. You're right. Yeah. Uh, like I said, sometimes the memory goes, but I, I, that was on the tip of your tongue. Oh, there else. Uh, don't ask me to sing that one, man. I mean, I had so much testosterone back then. Man, I, I would just explode just walking into a room full of women, man. I mean, right now, it's, it's not quite like that. <laughs> if you were to have one of these artists that you're working with now re- make a, a remake of Heartbreak Hotel, who, who would you feel comfortable allowing them to cover that tune? Well, we had something like that in, in the works. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Prince uh, couldn't finish the deal, So, but... You know, uh, we we like to get somebody more modern. We actually want Brittany to do that one with us. She's she's All making right. a comeback. She's cleaning up her act. She's a good mom. She's re- she's a real good mom. You know, I'm a man of family values, and uh, I'd like to give her that opportunity. Um, is that Brittany Spears that you're referring That's to? That's right. That's right. Oh wow! So uh, I guess we can. It's safe to say Brittany is an artist that you're that you're working we, with. We've but done but some no things. Knows. Yeah. Um, I just can't disclose that yet. Okay. Fair enough. All right, uh, this is a, another trivia question, and then we'll kind of segue into some of these headlines here. What was the name of your private jet? Well, my private jet is also my daughter, Lisa Marie. Who uh, well, Lisa Marie, man, Elvis, you, you're really she's good also uh, was when she turned um, 25. She was also handed the keys to Graceland, and she's been managing it ever since, doing a heck of a job. I tell you. How's your How's your daughter doing? She's doing very good, and she um, she has a daughter herself. Presently, her name escapes me, but uh, she's also uh, so your granddaughter. <laughs> my granddaughter. Uh, she's also a singer too. Okay, yeah, we we have no idea who that is. Okay, let's try this one. Uh, you were born in what town? Tupelo. Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, is there anything that you you remember about Tupelo that that you're willing to uh, maybe enlighten the audience with? Well, I don't know if many people know, but my dad he 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 was in and out of jobs. You know, we were very poor, and mm-hmm. uh, he was in and out of jobs, and he actually spent three years in prison. In the early 50s, or actually, actually it was late 40s, for writing a bad check, a $4 check, if you can imagine that. So we were very okay. poor, and, and uh, I loved my mama. That's why I was so close to my mama. You know, we, we kept things uh, very real, and uh, love is what we had to go on back then, man. And that, that sounds like that could have been a tune, love is what we had to go on. That's good. You know, I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> Whether that's true or not. All right, Elvis, uh, let's look at some of these headlines here. Now, Elvis, I, I know how you love the space. And so we conveniently got some headlines that relate to space and, and the final frontier, so to speak. So before we tackle that, is, is there any thoughts that you'd like to share about science or space that may enlighten our, our folks? Yeah, well, you know, man, I, I think you always got to keep reading, keep learning. There's been some really good television series that I, I follow. I can't recall the fella's name, uh, something about the cosmos. Uh, you ever heard about that one? Um, Ty- no. Tyrese or something? No, I don't anyway, know. Anyway, 
he's a scientist and he just did a really good job there. So I like watching those things and I like reading books. And I think the universe is is something that is really close to uh, showing us we are all connected in a way. You know, it's so big. It's unfathomable, but we are connected uh, through those, through the energy of the universe, man. Well, let's talk about this headline. Juno transmits first intimate snapshots of Jupiter. So for those who are not, not familiar with that, they're thinking about Juno. Is that an old email address? Uh, they'd be correct. But in this case, uh, it's referring to a satellite that was launched a while back, and now it's in orbit around Jupiter. It's sending back some pretty amazing pictures. And uh, yeah, so, so let's just park on that for a moment. I like the word intimate. It's sending some intimate snapshots. So let's take some intimate snapshots from your life, Elvis, that could relate to life and business and starving the doubts. What are some memories that come back to you that you'd share with us that relate to those things? Well, first thing is uh, you got to do what you love and, and you got to be willing to work hard. If you're willing to hear no, man, I mean, you know, my first recording wasn't my best recording, but I kept going, you know, and and I uh, kept working. And, and people used to beat me up because I wore clothes that I believed in. You know, I, I liked my styles. I had my own ideas and I stuck with it. And I'm very grateful for my fans and how they supported me after uh, I put in so much time and effort. Do you still keep in touch with any of your fans? Well, no, like I said, I, I got to keep it low. I mean, even this interview, you know, it took us many, many months to arrange it. But I know you're you're a valuable member of the podcasting community, man. And you do such good work. And I, I want to support you too, man. Thank you, Elvis. I appreciate that. Okay, so let, let's talk a little bit more about some things. So, so it, it says uh, Juno is sending pictures of Jupiter. Jupiter, we know, is the largest planet in our solar system. So let's talk about your your big break, your biggest moment, and just a snapshot of, of something that happened that was really big for you and that, that kind of opened up a whole new world for you and, and success and so on and so forth. Well, my first uh, television, national television appearance was the, the uh, I think it was called the Louisiana Hayride. And uh, I had the fortunate, I guess I was fortunate to do a good job in that show and and uh, really connected with the people. And, and everybody saw that, you know, I was doing it for the right reasons. I, mean, I just couldn't stop doing it. And people picked up on that. They liked the sound. And I was lucky. That really, really launched a career, man. If you were to have a song that had the word Louisiana Hayride in it, how would that song go? Could you, could you maybe make up something on the fly or is that too... <laughs> There's Louisiana Hayride, and I'm going to go. I'm going to sing songs and move my hips fast, and then I'll go real slow. Come along with me. Let's lie in the hay, baby. I don't know, man. I mean, you know. I, that was good, I'm actually. Losing, I, losing I, it, no, I don't feel that that way. <laughs> I think that was very intimate, and that's part of the headline here. <laughs> so in a way, yeah, we've experienced uh, some intimacy here with Elvis talking about some incredible moments. I've always been curious about this. Why Memphis? Well, Memphis, Tennessee, I mean, the music scene was really exploding there, you know, and uh, I've said it before, way back when I was doing interviews uh, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, is uh, I was very fortunate to come along when people were looking for something and I filled a gap. I didn't necessarily do it intentionally. I was very fortunate to be able to do music the way I did music at that time. So that's what I'm very grateful for. Elvis, what do you say to that independent creative who's, you know, back in the, the stage where before you hit it big, you, you experienced that. 
someone who's, who's working hard. They're trying to be responsible, trying to make smart decisions, but uh, they just haven't seen that big break yet. What do you say to them? Man, you know yourself deep down in your heart, man, if you should be doing what you're doing. And if you believe that, then all you got to know is that one day your time will come. At the same time, you have to do it for your reasons, not for the reason of getting recognition. If you do something just to get recognition, you're starting off on the wrong foot already. Do it because you love it and build it and they will come. I mean, that's a cliche, but it's true. And keep going, man. Keep going. Mm. Well said, Elvis. All much. right. Uh, we, we got some more space stuff here. I know, I know how, that, how you appreciate that. So let's talk about uh, NASA launches spacecraft to intercept asteroid. And I, I took the liberty of reading this ahead of time, Elvis. And this is pretty fascinating what's going on here. That basically... NASA on Thursday evening, as of this recording, is launching a probe. It's called the OSIRIS-REx, and it's basically going to chase down a dark and potentially dangerous asteroid. The asteroid's called Bennu, B-E-N-N-U, and it's uh, over time, it's going to study it. It's going to take a sample of it and attempt to bring it back to Earth. Man, that's crazy. And so, yeah, you, you think of movies, uh, I don't know if you're watching the movies, uh, Elvis, in the last several years, but, uh, you know, a movie like Armageddon with Bruce Willis, uh, where they're landing a spacecraft on an asteroid. I mean, this is kind of like that. They're, they're going to go and study this thing. It's not a manned mission, of course. It's just a, just a probe. Well, I, I do have a little bit, go- little bit more information on that. What they are actually doing there is they are sending up a rocket ship, and on that rocket ship is Chuck Norris. Okay. Now, man, Chuck is going to, he's going to, mount the asteroid he's going to be tying down tent pegs and tying it to the uh, rocket ship and then what he's doing he's going to climb back on the rope that's attached to the rocket ship man and he's going to uh get back in there hit the turbo man he's going to take off man and he's going to go really deep really deep he's going to get back on there and he is going to with karate chops and kicks and spinning back kicks man he's going to destroy that asteroid and save us all <laughs> well, CNN left that part out, so I appreciate well, that update. You know, I'm used to um, knowing things I shouldn't know and, and doing things I shouldn't do. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, this this particular asteroid, Bennu, is is uh, according to the article that I read, which left out some of these facts. It says that it's on NASA's list of potentially hazardous asteroids, and uh, if you were to fast forward 200 years, this could potentially be an asteroid that could come across and maybe even hit the Earth. And so they're, they're doing some things to study it. Of course, that's a, a far-fetched possibility. But I guess the way that this would tie into starving the doubts and uh, is, you know, uh, we'll call them warning signs, uh, flags, if you will. Uh, in your career, Elvis, what were some things where you saw some warning signs and maybe you were able to reposition or change up what you were doing to prevent yourself from going down the wrong path. And and then I'd love to hear on the other side of that is if there's a story where you maybe wish you had handled things differently and and uh, maybe you didn't ignore those warning signs, if that makes sense. Right. That's a good question, man. You know, I used to do a lot of movies in the 60s, man. And uh, you remember any of those? I've seen a few of your movies. I have. Yeah. Great, great movies. Um, I had a great time doing them. But, you know, they, they were kind of cookie cutter. Meaning, uh, you know, we had the formula there. We had the good-looking girls and always a cowboy maybe or somebody like that, bad boy. I kind of <laughs> saw there, man, I had to get out of that scene. You know what I mean? I totally understand. So, you know, I mean, I had to, um, I went back to Vegas because I, I love performing. First of all, I did the NBC uh, special 
the black leather special. I don't know if you remember remember me back then. But anyway, I had the black leather outfit there. We went in NBC studio. It was a big hit. Kind of relaunched my musical career after those movies. So so I noticed there things were going down with the movies. I was getting typecast and, and uh, people wondered, can I even sing anymore? Well, I think I showed them. Did that, the uh, special, and then, then hit Vegas. So that's one of the times uh, things were changing. And uh, I jumped on uh, what I truly felt in my heart was the right thing to do, and that was sing in front of people. Did any of those moments help inspire the song Suspicious Minds? Yeah, well, of course, um, you r- may remember that uh, Priscilla and I were going through some hard times in the early 70s. Uh, we divorced in 1973. Uh, Suspicious Minds was a very uh, relevant song at the time. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm not very proud of uh, some of my uh, let's say, um, activities um, after some of these concerts. I have no idea. Yep. And I'm talking about uh, the late night eating. Yes. Of the deep fried peanut butter sandwiches. Mm. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Suspicious Minds is a very relevant set tune for uh, my lifetime. All right, so Elvis, uh, let, let's talk about some uh, warning signs or uh, some things that you saw and, and you d- decided to ignore them and, and how if you uh, if you could make any changes, what maybe you would have gone back and adjusted? Well, unfortunately, um, I had a lot of yes men in my life. You know, yes people, yes men, yes women, left, yes maids, uh, yes doctors. And uh, we saw some of these uh, problems happening uh, in modern day as well. Uh, you know, Michael Jackson uh, had a doctor that would literally do anything he said. Fortunately, uh, that ended up causing him, well... Uh, ending it all for him. And uh, I had some of those doctors myself and uh, gave me the medications that, uh, you know, perhaps I wanted, but maybe didn't need and ran into a little bit of difficulties there. So that's uh, something I wish I would have had some people in my life there who were more willing to tell me the truth. And so I could take it like a man. Right now, we're going to do a little segment called The Gospel According to Elvis. And, and this is a moment, Elvis, where you get to speak some truth into the lives of the listeners who might need to hear some uh, harsh reality and a wake-up call, if you will, an intervention. So the gospel according to Elvis, take it away. Well, you know, maybe I should do a little bit of a gospel song. If you want to intro it that way, I think that's appropriate. Yeah, maybe we do a little bit of gospel music. Uh, you know, it's been said, and uh, I have to agree with it, man. Gospel music was my outlet, man. I, I couldn't go out in public, you know. I couldn't go to churches. I couldn't go to amusement parks or theaters. So I, I did gospel music as my outlet, and— uh, I had a very good relationship with God, and gospel music was my connection to God, and uh, I love to sing gospel music. So that's why, you know, even won a Grammy for How Great Thou Art, which is a song uh, I really got to be ready for. Let me try, try some of it, but I'm not going to go for the crazy part, all right? Uh, That's okay. Oh, Lord, my God, and I know some wonder, consider all. The world thy hands have made. I see the stars. I see the rolling thunder. And then, I I forgot how the rest goes, man. I mean, wait a sec here. Uh, Oh, you're in the moment uh, here, Elvis. This is good stuff. Stars, I see the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the world's displayed. And sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And we'll leave it at that, man. Man, that was wonderful. So, 
<laughs> Elvis, for those that are, you know, they, they need that intervention. What do you, what are you saying to them? Well, when all I will say is that there's a, another line from a song and, uh, it's called, you'll never walk alone. And it's true. You don't have to walk alone. There's always somebody there for you. And, uh, Somebody that could give you a lot of support and comfort and strength when you need it, man. And and all I would say is if you do feel you need that, you just got to reach out. Well said. All right, Elvis, we're going to take this in a different direction. I hope that's okay. That's all right, man. You got a little deep there on us, and I appreciate that. <laughs> we're going to talk about this next headline, which is scary huge snake escapes car and creates parking lot scare. This is according wow. to an article here on AOL.com. And uh, when I read a little further, it says, poor Christy Freeman got the shock of her life after a fun night out. She never expected to find a huge snake on top of the truck parked next to her car. You know, I won't go into further Hmm. details here. I guess the first question is, and this, by the way, is a 14 foot python that we're talking about, Elvis. That's my first thought is, is did you have any experience with exotic pets? Well, I don't know if you call a couple of the ladies I I had exotic and uh, or my pets, but uh, other than that, not really. But I tell you, if I, I went to the parking lot and I'd see a snake, my revolver would be coming out of my uh, belt buckle. You know, I'd be ready to protect myself, man. I wouldn't let that thing wrap itself around me, man. Would you be singing All Shook Up or would you be singing That's All Right, Mama, depending on who's with you? you know, what, what, what would you be You know what I'd be doing? Moment? I'd be singing some Paul Simon slip sliding away, baby. I'd be out of there, man. <laughs> I would not hang around. Yeah. <laughs> So I, if you'd be willing to share a story where you, you maybe had some fear in your life. Fear, man. You know, the initial concerts you see, the black and white footage of me when I was shaking there up there, that was not me uh, moving to the music. I was scared. I was so scared. <laughs> so, I mean, I was, every time I, I went on stage at the beginning, I had to overcome a tremendous hill. Once I get over that hill, when I first start singing, I'm good. But to get up that hill, I had to muster everything I had, man, to do it. And so once I got over it, though, man, you know, the rest is history. Mm. Well said. Let's talk a little bit about, we'd mentioned earlier that you've been allegedly dead now for many years. And this particular article is interesting to me because it's a, a take on a, a classic that a lot of people have seen. And, and apparently there's evidence to, I guess, to justify this crazy thought. But the headline, which we mentioned in the intro is, Deceased is the word fans say Sandy, who is Olivia Newton-John, from Greece, was dead the entire time. So basically, the fan theory proposes that Sandy was actually dead throughout the entire movie, and there's plenty of evidence to back up the claim. And then it basically goes into all these different (laughs) scenarios in the movie where it could support this idea that Sandra D is not living in the movie. She's actually dead, and maybe this is a dream or, or something along those lines. I think the reason I bring this up, Elvis, is because you've got a, you've got some experience with alleged death and people assuming that you were not around uh, when you've still been around all this all this time, which is pretty amazing to me, Elvis, because I didn't know about this until you know we set up this interview. So, mm-hmm. so so let's just start right there. What, what's well, I have some, I have some thoughts, man. I think uh, the people that are making those claims are the writers of the movie Weekend at Bernie's. They were just, they had the, that's right. remember that movie there? I do. Yeah. That's a, that's a classic as well. You know, they had the idea they, they carry a dead guy around uh, for the weekend. Uh, and they, they were a little bit miffed that Greece did better with the same idea. 
with uh, mm. Sandy was it would have been called the uh, weekend at Sandy's. <laughs> Did you like Grease, Elvis? I love Grease, man. Uh, I listen to that all the time, man. 1977 was a very well, like, like big year for Grease me. Lightning had kind of an Elvis feel to it, in my, in yes. my opinion. Go Grease Lightning, you're burning up the 409. Did you ever cover Grease Lightning? Well, I did did uh, private parties there uh, for some of my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was there any other tunes from Grease that... Uh, well, I mean... That, I mean it, you feel like uh, kind of stand out to you, and, and maybe a, a sample would be appreciated. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the beginning of the of the uh, the movie. If that was true about Sandy, you know, stranded at the driving, branded a fool. What will they say? Sandy's in my trunk. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's right. You know, that oh. could have went a hundred different ways. I mean, I think it would have been a completely could've, could've. different motion picture, and, and it picture. probably should have. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Did you watch Grease 2? Fortunately, I did not. Uh, I just had a feeling it was going to be a bomb. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, what do you think? Do you think it was a bomb? I didn't. I watched. I tried to watch it. I just couldn't. And yeah, I, I would not say that was uh, something that people should go see. You know, you got to try things, man. You give them credit for trying, but it's hard to recreate that genius sometime, you know? So what? let's talk about that for a moment. So you've had a lot of amazing tunes and stuff. And how were you constantly recreating and reinventing yourself? Because that's something that a lot of people struggled with, but you've had success with that. Right. Well, the 50s, uh, I was uh, shaking. I had uh, Gold LeMay, if you remember the Gold LeMay outfit. And uh, we did that kind of music. And then and it kind of evolved. You know, um, I went to uh, the U.S. Army, came back a little bit different person. So started bringing different types of music. If you were able to listen to sound of, of my voice, I had mentioned earlier, when I was young, I had a lot of testosterone in my voice, jailhouse rock, just crazy energy, just opening my mouth, you know, kind of like a Pokemon, just just rainbows flying out there. And then I moved on, got the black leather outfit. In the 70s, uh, you saw, I, I started wearing jumpsuits. And that's because I loved uh, my superheroes, man. And uh, that's, you know, some different phases. And every time I made a change like that, man, I, my voice kind of changed. Mm. One of my favorite songs that you've done, and there's so many, Elvis, is Always On My Mind. Right. And uh, we're going to start to close out this interview, but I, I was just wondering if maybe you'd be willing to sing a little bit of Always On My Mind or, or maybe a, another song that you love. Well, that's a great song, too, man. Um, my friend Willie covered that, and Willie's been over to Graceland uh, since uh, 1977. And the funny thing is, uh, Willie Nelson's been dead for 30 years himself, uh, but he... <laughs> They're doing a great job um, with robotics and uh, things like that. Anyway, let's see. Maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have. Maybe I didn't hold you quite as good as I should have. Little things I should have said and done, but I just never took the time. You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. And please don't tell uh, Priscilla about this and I'm still around. <laughs> All right, Elvis, uh, we always like to close out with final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Uh, this was great, man. It's kind of nice to be back doing recording. And uh, like I said, I, I love to support you best I can. And uh, hopefully people enjoy this and take away something and smile and uh, 
and just have faith in themselves and uh, and maybe something else out there too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And Elvis, you have a, a just an awesome assistant that works with you. Uh, his name's Albert Athazi. If if people want to contact you via Albert, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, well, Albert's uh, kind of like the new colonel. You know, the colonel used to okay. manage me. Colonel Albert Athazi. Yeah, and uh, you could reach him on Twitter. I think it's the best way. Uh, his uh, Twitter handle is A-L-B-E-R-T-H-A-T-H-A-Z-I. And uh, he also does this uh, crazy podcast. It's called From the Hip with Albert Hathazi. Yeah, that is a great podcast. So I appreciate your assistant, the Colonel Albert Hathazi. Elvis, thank you for being on the show today. My pleasure, man. (laughs) 